constant through all the years, Ray. Been Beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career render, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Everybody, this is the Beyond the Game program coming to you from the BGG studios in Rochester, New York. Sports talk without the trash talk. I'm Rick Benson at the mic on the other side of the studio is Zach Barlett. I got to tell you, buddy, it's good to be back. I'm not really much of a traveler, but over the last few weeks, I've been away for a couple of conferences and conventions. And, you know, my thanks to you for covering in my absence. Yeah, no I problem. Thoroughly. Enjoyed the segment you did while I was away on that hotel in Milwaukee <laughs> with, with the visiting teams and it's haunted. That's I, fun stuff. It was kind of cool how you crossed that over with your other show, Myths and Mysteries podcast. It was uh, that was kind of interesting story. And you do a great job of telling those stories. I, I, listeners out there, if you haven't heard Zach's Myth and Mysteries podcast, you should check it out. It's pretty cool stories. I appreciate it, man. I think we'll have to do it again. How's your college bracket doing? Uh, Pretty well blown up, right? There's a lot of red sprinkled in all over the place. Of course, with the many upsets that have gone on, I don't know of anyone whose bracket isn't busted up pretty good. I was fairly decent. In all honesty, I was fairly decent until we got into that second round of 32, and then it just blew up completely. I mean, just three of my final four teams are now out. They're bounced. And, of course, I'm using the CBS Sports app, which which sort of automatically forecasts for you the best Mm. you can still do. I am going to set a personal record for futility. <laughs> I, the best I can do it is horrible. And, of course, you're in the same bracket I am, so you're so far out in front of me. But I don't want to overreact. And I have not ever been one to support expanding the tournament field. But I have been thinking about it more, and I don't dislike the idea as much as I once did. And furthermore, I I do dislike the automatic bids, maybe more than ever. The upsets are exciting. I get it. People are all about teams like UMBC and you know they're 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 all excited about that team and all they did was win one basketball game. Now I get it. They beat a number 1 Virginia as a 16th seed. But this is still a team that had lost to Albany in January 81 to 39. 81 to 39, and everybody's making a big deal. I Look, like I said, they beat Virginia. They did a great job. But did they really belong in the tournament? In my opinion, no. I, I really, they didn't have much of a chance. Well, they didn't have much of a chance to beat Virginia, but they did do it. Mm. But they weren't going to advance deep in that tournament. Everybody knew that. And yet in the NIT, there are a couple of teams that, probably do stand a halfway decent chance of advancing, but they can't get into the NCAA because of all the automatics. I just think it it might be time to rethink it. You know, and it's not because of my bracket. Who cares about my bracket? And I guess the the ratings are driven by some of these upsets, and it's good for TV. But I really think the selections, largely due to those automatic bids, resulted in some good teams playing in that NIT tournament, and which probably belong in NCAA. 
something to think about, something that we can talk about more after the conclusion of the tournament. But I just don't like seeing all those teams. As exciting as it was, I don't like it. Coming up on today's show with apologies. I need to apologize to listeners in other parts of the country, but we have a bit of a local flavor to our show for you today. We'll be talking with J.J. Garwood. He coaches the North Star Christian Academy basketball team, which last week lost in the state title game by just one point. Roberts Wesleyan College's tennis coach, Tom Linhart, will also be our guest later in the program. Local guys, local interest to those of us here in Rochester, New York, for sure. But I think the perspectives of both of those men and how their faith plays a role in their approach to their particular sport, coaching in their particular sport, is worth sticking around for. Plus, Zach has new shenanigan statements. We'll tell you what it is that we like this week. That's all coming up today on Beyond the Game program, along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024 and let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back into the show. Good to have you along. It is with great pleasure that I now welcome into the program my good friend, J.J. Garwood. J.J. is a head basketball coach at North Star Christian Academy. He joins us now on the BGG studio line. J.J., welcome. We're so glad you could join us. Thanks for having me on, Rick. And, uh, you know, again, I appreciate it. I've always been told I have a face for radio, so I'm glad I'm on your show. And I, and I would concur with that statement. First off, congratulations on a great run all the way to the state title game. Unfortunately, coming up just a little bit short, losing to undefeated Lake George, 66-65. How difficult was that on your guys? I imagine a lot of them were thinking back to perhaps a miss, missed bucket or a missed free throw and then you know, the temptation had to be strong for them to blame themselves by, after losing by just one point. Yeah, as players or even a coach, you know, we all just reflect on the game. And, you know, of course, in a one-point loss, especially for a state final, everyone's just 
thinking about what's that one play I could have done differently or uh, maybe if that one shot went in or, uh, you know, we're, we've all been playing those games, uh, you know, in our head and reviewing it. So um, it, it's extremely tough, but I tried to just tell the guys, Hey, listen, um, you know, it's not about this one game. Think of the journey we've been on. Think of the, you know, the relationships that are built, the lifelong memories we have. And, you know, that probably uh, didn't console them much after a tough loss, but it truly is all about, you know, the journey and the relationships. And I'm just grateful that, you know, the Lord put us in a position where we could stay play for a state title. What an, what an incredible experience these boys had. There was a picture here in our local Rochester paper of you and your son, Ryan, who plays on the team, immediately following the game. And it looked as though he was taking the loss pretty hard. And who can blame him? I know a number of the boys did. Can you share with us some of what you told them after the loss, which ended a season a little differently than you obviously had hoped, particularly the seniors. What do you tell the seniors who won't have a chance to come back and, and take another shot at it? Uh, you know, we just all, you know, lots of hugs in the locker room and uh, all of the seniors had an opportunity to just share words with the, the younger guys. And, you know, all of them just, uh, they talked about what each other, what we meant to each other, not necessarily the game they even just played, but just what a wonderful experience they had and, you know, the friendships, the built, the camaraderie. And I was very impressed with that, that they could just push aside even talking about a loss, but just to express how meaningful uh, each other uh, we are for, to each other as teammates. Um, it, was, it was just, it was bittersweet, obviously, but it was just a, a good time of reflection. Take us inside the game itself. You came up just one point short, but a heartbreaking finish for sure, but what a comeback because you you were down by 15 at the half. What do you tell the boys at halftime when you're down by 15 to keep them encouraged? And what adjustments did you make to turn things around and end up coming so close? Well, Lake George shot incredibly well the first half. They were eight for 17 three-pointers. Um, and, you know, we didn't shoot our average in the first half. So I just told the guys, hey, listen, um, you know, obviously we're down 15 right now, but at the same time, I don't think Lake George is going to shoot that well in the second half. We're going to shoot better. And even into the fourth quarter when we're down 14 late, um, you know, I knew we would fight back and we would put ourselves in a position. The guys reminded each other, hey, you know, uh, last year we were down 11 points and we erased that 11 point lead in 90 seconds. So, um, you know, we had been in situations where we, we had to come back and claw and uh, fight back and the guys just fought to the end and that just showed a terrific character no one was blaming pointing fingers anything they were just uh fighting uh till the the very end this team seemed to have at least to me to have a very strong bond with one another how special was this run to the championship game with this particular group for you it was terrific uh most of these players had been together for at least three years um, and each of the past three years, we've won sectional championship, but also each of the past three years, we've kind of advanced one step further. You know, of course, last year losing in the semifinal, the year before that losing in the state play-in game. Um, so just a, a terrific uh, group of guys, unique. Everyone's very different, uh, but they just all make the, the parts of the, um, you know, pieces of the machine work together and uh, tremendously special I'm not sure that I'll ever coach a group just like this this year um, ever again. We're talking with J.J. Garwood, head basketball coach at North Star Christian Academy. 
I know Daniel Peckett graduates. I, I know a couple others are graduating. Matthew Medeiros is graduating this year, and he's the third and final Medeiros brother to come through the program there at NCA. Can you talk about what he has meant and what some of these other seniors have meant to you over their careers? Yeah, you know, I was joking with Pastor Medeiros, and I said, uh, you know, I've had a Medeiros on my team since I think 2010, and now it's over. Um, you know, this is, of course, the last Medeiros boy. Um, you know, all of them great athletes, great basketball players, but even more than that, they are tremendously godly young men. And I know Matthew really took the time to invest in the younger guys, uh, particularly my son on the team. Uh, it was a form of discipleship. He would just, uh, you know, not only groom him as a basketball player, but as a young Christian athlete. And, uh, you know, that will be sorely missed on this team. Um, just the, the that mindset that, Matthew uh, and the other seniors had. Now you do have some talent coming back. Among those you'll be returning are Miles and Michael Brown, and your son Ryan looks poised to actually replace Matthew with a consistent outside shot. What are your thoughts as you look ahead, and what do you, what do you think about your team heading into next year? Well, I think we'll continue to be competitive, although our seniors will be missed and uh, very hard to replace. Like you mentioned, Daniel Pickett did a, a lot of great things for us this year. And, of course, Matthew Medeiros, Trey Roberts, Matt Williams, Tyler Huntington. Uh, but we do have a, a core returning, like you mentioned, Miles and Michael Brown. Now, Miles, uh, in my opinion, is the best uh, player in Rochester, one of the best in the state. Um, you know, he's on pace to um, break the Section 5 scoring record and place himself in the top three all-time New York State scoring. So, uh, you know, we have some great guys coming up, um, great guys returning. So I really expect to uh, remain competitive next season. Once again, we're talking with J.J. Garwood, head boys basketball coach at North Star Christian Academy. I know it's been less than a week, so obviously the loss is still fresh on your mind, but when will you go back to work preparing for next season? Well, a lot of my core guys that are returning are already playing AAU basketball. They started, you know, immediately after the season. So that'll keep them uh, busy with basketball. That'll help them to continue to improve. Uh, we play in a summer league in East High School in the summer, and you know, some of the guys do individual camps and workouts. So, uh, you know, the, the off season started uh, this past Monday for the guys, and uh, they're working, preparing for next season already. It was like George, who also knocked you out of the tournament last year, that being in the semifinals. And if I'm not mistaken, this year's victory gives them their third state title. And I know all the right things you need to say. I know how you have to focus on getting there first and all that. But in your heart of hearts, come next year, when and if you get a chance to take another shot at it, do you want it to be against those guys? Uh, you know, honestly, we would, um, you know, we were excited to have a shot at them uh, again, you know, cause they knocked us out last season. Um, you know, and we came up a little short, but I got to say their coach, tremendously classy, their players, uh, played the right way. Uh, they run a terrific program. There's a reason that they've won three state titles in the last six years. Um, I can't say enough good things about Lake George, uh, their players, their community, um, but having said all that, uh, yeah, we would love the opportunity to get another shot at Lake George next year. You know, I love North Star. My kids graduated from there. My wife has graduated from there. I know firsthand that NCA offers a solid education as well as a strong spiritual emphasis, which is important to my family. From an athletic perspective, 
there's also a rich history there. And you've built the basketball program, or I should say rebuilt the basketball program into a powerhouse once again. But now you're not just a basketball coach. You're the AD. What would you tell a parent as to why they should consider North Star as an option for their son or their daughter, especially if that child has an interest in athletics? Well, everything we do here at North Star, whether it's athletics, academics, uh, the arts, music, we do things with excellence because we know we're doing uh, them for God's glory. And, uh, you know, as we practice on the basketball court, um, you know, I emphasize to our young men, hey, listen, you're a Christian out there. You're representing a Christian school. You're representing to God. We need to be mindful of that. So everything we do, you know, I teach unity on our team, and then I'll translate it to, hey, guys, we also have to have unity in the body of Christ um, with other believers. And, you know, I, I mentioned to them, you know, you have talent, but the Lord has given you that talent. So as an expression of thanksgiving and gratitude, go use that talent for his honor and glory out on the court. So, uh, you know, everything we do is under the Christian lens and uh, with athletics, uh, particularly because I'm the athletic director. I just love our athletes to have that in mind. Hey, you're going out there. You're representing the Lord through our Christian school, but you also are uh, giving God thanks uh, with the abilities that he's given you. And let's go play for his glory. Mm. JJ, I'm a little embarrassed. Uh, you know, we've been friends for a long time now. I, we've worked together on a number of different things. And I know that I've asked you this before, and yet, to my shame, I can't remember. So would you be willing to take a couple of minutes and Tell me again how you came to a place where you placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You know, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a Christian home, terrific, wonderful Christian parents, went to church every week. Um, but I grew up in my Christian home without ever personalizing or internalizing my faith as my own. Um, and as a result, I didn't get saved until July 29th, 1998, at the age of 21, um, when I just came to a realization that I was not saved and uh, I needed Jesus Christ to save me and to forgive me of my sins. Um, and it was under the, the power and the preaching of God's word at First Bible Baptist Church, uh, where after a service, you know, I made an appointment with Pastor George Grace and he sat down in his office. He was helped me through some things. And at that point, um, I made my salvation on my own personal choice. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things I love about working at North Star, because I think some of the kids may be similar to me. They go to a Christian school, uh, they grow up in a Christian home, uh, but maybe they haven't just personalized their salvation or internalized it. Um, and, you know, that's one of the many things that I, I try to do here at North Star is just to, to make sure our children uh, completely understand salvation and that they have their personal walk with the Lord, not only uh, that they're saved, but they're also growing in their faith. How can we pray for you? Well, I actually leave for China in uh, four days. Uh, you know, we have a, a large ch Chinese population, student population in our school, and we're actually bringing some of our students to China to experience some Chinese culture, cool. uh, see what Chinese education is like. So, uh, you know, that's a terrific opportunity, and I'd really covet your prayers in that regard. And also pray for uh, the coaching staff here at North Star that we would um, just be uh, shepherding the hearts of our children as we teach them through athletics uh, some of the Christian values here at the school. You probably can't comment, but uh, you keeping your eyes open for a Yao Ming while you're there? <laughs> uh, well, of course. You know, if I uh, you know, run into a, a seven-footer along the way, maybe I'll just kind of slip him a, a North Star uh, application. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, I'm, I'm joking. But, yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to the trip. It's going to be a very unique opportunity. Not many 
people get to uh, have an experience like this. And I have the good fortune to have actually two of my children are actually going with me, two of the 10 students that are going on the trip. So I'm just uh, grateful that uh, we're going to have this opportunity. Wow. Sounds like a great time. JJ, thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations once again on really uh, another terrific season. Thanks a lot, Rick. I appreciate you having me on the show and all that you do. That's J.J. Garwood, head coach of the boys' basketball team at North Star Christian Academy. You know, they trailed by 15 at the half, but they were down by 17 well into the third period. To come back from that, that was that was great coaching, and that was great heart by each of the boys involved in that game and not giving up, fighting all the way back, and, and actually coming within a bucket of winning a state championship. Great job. They'll be back. There's still a lot of... A lot of talent on that roster. A lot of, lot of quality young people coming up through the North Star basketball program. And we have talent right here. And when we get back, that talent will give us this week's shenanigans statements. I'm talking, of course, of Zach Barletta. He's up right after the break. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. Looking back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics, this is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through March 21st. The Red Hawks recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. Despite 16 saves by sophomore goalie Brennan Mackey and four goals by fellow sophomore Cody Menzies, one of seven Red Hawks who scored in the game, the men's lacrosse team fell to preseason number one ranked New York Institute of Technology last Saturday, 16 to 13. Menzies and Mackey each had another strong outing on Tuesday in a losing effort against Franklin Pierce, 13 to 10. Menzies notching three more goals, while Mackey was solid in net one more time with 15 saves in the loss. Freshman Taylor Nathan led the women's lacrosse team last Saturday in a home win over St. Thomas Aquinas College, 15-7. Nathan took seven shots in the game and scored on every one. Freshman Emily Tomei of Webster, sophomore Emily Knight, and junior Megan Burnham had two goals in the win each. It was a tough day last Sunday in tennis as both the men's and women's teams dropped matches with Mercyhurst University on the road. The men lost 9-0, while the women fell 8-1. Coming up later in the program, by the way, you can hear our interview with Red Hawks tennis coach Tom Leonard. No home action in the week ahead for Roberts teams. You can see the full schedule of games at their website, though, robertsredhawks.com. There you'll also be able to get news, you can get scores, game highlights, and much more. And don't forget that you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter, at RWC Red Hawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap, presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances, and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. BTGprogram.com or at BTG program. Coming to you from the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. But regardless of where you are, you can listen to the podcast by visiting our website, BTGprogram.com. You can also find it on iTunes and other podcast sources like Google Play. And, of course, you have the option to subscribe and have it downloaded automatically each week. 
And there are people all around the world doing just that, just like as there are with people all around the United States, cities and towns all across these great land of ours, places like Scarborough, Maine, where last week's program was downloaded, beautiful coastal town just outside Portland. Scarborough, Maine is the headquarters of the Hannaford chain of grocery stores. No offense to the people of Hannaford. I'm sure they're fine, but my daughter often says there are just two grocery stores. There are Wegmans, and there are not Wegmans. Agreed. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell is said to have a home in the Scarborough area. Author Stephen King lived in Scarborough area as a child. Thanks for listening in Scarborough, Maine, and wherever it is that you are listening from today. We're glad to have you along. It's time now for Zach to give us this week's shenanigan statements. Ratings jumped 136% for last week's Arnold Palmer, the second top 10 finish in a row for Tiger Woods. Truth or shenanigans, Tiger Woods is more important for golf than whoever actually wins the event. Yeah, I agree. He actually finished top five in back-to-back tournaments, and he's played in five PGA events, missed the cut only once. Do you even remember who won last week's tournament? No. And it was Rory McIlroy, which is a named guy. Spoiler alert, I wouldn't know anyways, but but I especially. But golfers do. You know, fans of the sport do. And Rory McIlroy is a a named brand, but yet Tiger Woods is garnering all the attention. And you got to think he's favored going into the Masters. So, yeah, I I tell you, if he starts hitting his driver more consistently, because that's surprisingly, of all the elements of his game, that's the one that's given him a little bit of trouble. Now, he gets that, he's going to be back, and golf will have its brightest star back. He He's the most important thing to them. Yeah, I agree, too. He's still the brightest star in the golf universe. And, um, you know, reading the words Arnold Palmer off of this just made me incredibly thirsty because I love Arnold Palmer's. <laughs> but, Who doesn't? yeah, I agree. Tiger is, when he's playing well, He's the one everybody wants to see. Yeah, you don't walk by your TV. It's like when Aaron Judge is at bat. There, there mm-hmm. are just athletes when, you know, they have the ball or it's their turn at bat. Yeah. Or or when Tiger Woods is at the tee box, you're watching. Yeah, bring your popcorn. Yep. The announcement this week that the Alliance of American Football League will begin in 2019, one year ahead of the XFL, means that the XFL will not be revised as originally planned. Yeah, I agree. I, I, just, I don't think there's enough talent to provide for two additional leagues in addition to the NFL to be able to offer a good enough brand of football where people are going to be interested. Launching one year in front of the XFL is huge. Not to mention, they've got some names involved in this. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got Jared Allen, they've got Troy Palomalo, Bill Polian, and Charlie Ebersol, who ironically, his father Dick was an original partner in the XFL. Um, yeah, I, you know what the, uh, the Alliance of American Football League won't have? The cheesy gimmicks that, and I know the XFL said they're not going to do that sort of stuff this time around, but it's still, they still have that stigma of it. Mm-hmm. And this new league won't have that. So, yeah, I, I think it will. I don't think the XFL will have that opportunity for, you know, getting off the ground if the, if the Alliance League gets off first. See, I'm going to say shenanigans. I do think the XFL will be back. And they've made such a big splash with the announcement that I don't think now you can sort of go back. And I think you're committed at this point. Plus, I think the the football and the atmosphere will be different from between the XFL and the Alliance. So I think that the XFL will still offer something that the other football leagues don't bring. So I'm going to say shenanigans. The Yankees started spring training by winning their first five or six games in a row, but then have had a losing record ever since. Truth or shenanigans, this is reason for concern. What do you think, Zach? 
I don't think so. Guys are, pitchers are working on new pitches. Guys are figuring out where they're going to hit in the order. Guys are adjusting to new ballparks. I, they have a brand new manager. You know, people are figuring things out. I think this team just has oodles of talent. I think way too much talent to be concerned about what games that don't count might mean. Yeah, I'm with you. I say shenanigans on the statement. I'm not losing sleep over this, but I'm aware of it. If I'm the Yankees, I'm aware of it. A lot of the games they won were late-inning victories, meaning your regular stars are, are out and your minor league guys are in there, and that's who won the game for you. They're getting – outside Gary Sanchez, who I think he's got four home runs, he's hitting over 300 for the spring, the bulk of their powers come from Miguel Andujar and uh, Bill McKinney and Tyler Austin, guys who aren't going to be with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. That bodes well for Scranton. Oh, yeah. And it bodes well for the Yankees down the line, but – I'm still a little cautiously concerned about Aaron Judge and the second half of the season that he had last year. You know I don't like all the strikeouts. There are a lot of people talking about the Yankees and World Series and and how high the expectations are, and that's all great. But I'm not so sure that this is their season. It might be next year, and it might be the year after that. I think they're still moving towards that. Like I say, shenanigans on the statement, it's not really cause for concern. But it is something to be aware of. I think we can both agree this season just needs to start already, right? Oh, my goodness, yes. And I, I think even the players, they want to get going. The last week, 10 days, two weeks of spring training, it's for the pitchers. The position players, they're ready to go. They want to get going on the season. And as fans, we want the same thing. By the same token, when opening day is still in March – does anybody really want to see that? You want to see your game snowed out? You want to see these guys all <laughs> bundled up? Well, hey, that's a brief shenanigans because we are up against a break. We've got an interview coming up that we need to get to. Roberts Wesleyan College's tennis coach Tom Linhart is going to join us. And you might be thinking, tennis, who cares about tennis? Well, I'll tell you what. He's building a program there at Roberts, which is drawing interest from players all around the world. I think you might just find what he has to say to be quite interesting. Come on back. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, Mythical Monsters, Murder Whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries podcast, and we'll see you next time. Hey gang, Benson here. You know, because I'm a bit of an introvert, I don't rush right up to people and get in a conversation as I see others do. 
I wish that were more comfortable for me. But that doesn't mean that I don't care about people. In fact, one of my greatest joys is to help people. The biggest help I can ever be is to tell folks about the grace of God. Now just hear me out. Give me just two minutes, and then because I know you're a smart person, decide for yourself what to do with what I'm telling you. You see, all of us are sinners. And because we are, we can't get to heaven on our own merit. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it also tells us that God loves us. So much so, in fact, that he sent his son, who is the only one who never sinned. And though he need not die, willingly did so on a cross as a sacrifice to pay the debt of all our sins. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Why? Because God wants us all to be saved from an eternity in hell. He says so in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, that he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But though he gave his life, Jesus didn't stay in the grave. He rose again, defeating death, making it possible for us to go to heaven as a result of his righteousness. You see, that's the grace of God I want to tell you about. Forgiveness of sins is available to all people. God's grace is freely available to everyone. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Here it is, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. If you want to know Jesus, pray to God. Tell him you know you're a sinner. Tell him you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and that he did that for you. And then start a new life, repenting from your sins and seeking after God. If you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be forgiven of sin, visit our website, btgprogram.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking around. This is the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. Joining us now on the BTG phone line is Tom Linhart. He is the head coach of both tennis teams, the men's and the women's, at Roberts Wesleyan College. Coach, thanks so much for coming on the program. Oh, thanks for having me, Rick. When I look at the rosters, you have players coming from France, the Netherlands, Spain, India. They're all coming to play tennis at Roberts Wesleyan College. How does talent from such faraway places end up at Roberts? Well, I think it's a uh, a function of technology. Um, recruiting companies have become a big business all over the world. Almost every country has two or three organizations that are working to get their, in this case, tennis players um, to the United States. So there's no there's no lack of people promoting players from from other countries. And probably over the course of a a week, I'll get you know, 20 emails from these companies. The other thing is uh, so the, the, you know, the advent of social media. We've had with Skype and Facebook and WhatsApp and all the other things that are out there, um, I can talk with these, these uh, potential recruits halfway around the world, um, get to know them, meet their parents, talk about the details, answer their questions, address their concerns. So it's, it's not the same as being there, but it, uh, it's pretty darn close. 
with the local kids, you know, it's a whole different, more traditional recruiting setup. But I would say with the international kids, it's recruiting companies and then following up with Skype and Facebook calls to them and their parents. You've coached players who've amassed big win totals as well as players who've gone on to play professionally. But one of the things that really impressed me is that quite a few of your players have actually gone into coaching and have done so at every level of collegiate tennis. That suggests to me that you're teaching more than just technique, but also an approach to the game and how to connect with players. What is the most important thing that you want to instill in your players, which they can pass on to others when they become the teacher? Yeah, I've been blessed with uh, with a whole array of young men and now young women who are not only great tennis players, but great people. And luckily, and I hope I've played a small part in this, some have wanted to go on to coach. Um, I think it's to, to be a, a positive role model. I really think uh, they're going to recruit players who have the talent. These players all have the talent to play. Um, making that transition from being a good player into an effective coach uh, is more dealing with the whole person rather than just their strokes. Uh, so I want them to, you know, see that it's good for them to be a positive role model. It's important for them to uh, teach their kids about servant leadership. It's, it's, a lot like, um, I, hate, I hate to say like being their their parent, but, you know, it, it that's about as close as it comes because you you have to know when to, to, you know, laugh with them, when to maybe get on them a little bit, when to be tough, uh, when to be always to be supportive in your way. So it's, that's really the... Um, the crux of it. I think tennis itself teaches important life lessons. It's an individual sport played as a team. You're out there by yourself. It teaches resilience, how to win, how to lose. Uh, there's no um, surprise to me that businesses in our country today um, look for college athletes to hire because they have all the those innate qualities of being able to multitask and, and manage time um, the collegiate experience, athletic experience teaches that. And I think those life lessons are things that we want coaches to pass on to our kids. And I hope that the young men that have been players for me that have gone on to coach are doing the same thing. You mentioned some of the parental characteristics. One of those former players who went into coaching is your own son, Tom Jr. <laughs> and after several years coaching in the state of Michigan, he's taken over the program at RIT across town here in Rochester. How special is that for you to see your son and your former player coming back home to take over at RIT? Uh, it, it couldn't be any better. Um, mm. We're we're very proud of of, of TJ. Um, I, when I was at Fisher and had the opportunity to coach him for his last two years, uh, that was like that was the dream job. I mean, I went to work every day doing what I loved with people I loved. And um, and then when he went on to coach, which was, you know, I really um, I was really proud of that. He took it. He got a job at uh, Lake Superior State in Michigan, a Division two program, and was there for six years. Then came back to Elmira where he did his masters. Was there for a couple of years, and now he's at uh, at RIT, which is a fantastic opportunity for him. That's a great school and a great program. Um, so it's you know it's it's I think. Coaching 
Tommy and and coaching against him, I would have to say is probably the highlight of my career. Um, it's 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 tremendously uh, enriching, and I'll tell you, it has created tennis has been the bond that has created a very special friendship between my son and I. Now oh, that's awesome. You you played RIT back in February and beat them. I might add. Was it odd for you seeing him on the other side? Um, not then. It was the first time we played up in Michigan because in the six years of year that Michigan, we would either meet him halfway in Detroit or make a trip up to Michigan. And the first time it was um, it was a little odd. After that, it was just flat out competitive. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but and we we enjoyed playing each other. And the women played um, uh, on Sunday, and uh, it'll be. It'll be another um, highly competitive match. He's a fantastic coach. He really is. We're talking with Tom Linhart, head coach of the men's tennis team at, and the women's tennis team as of this spring at Roberts Wesleyan College. Who picked up the tab for dinner after you beat him this last um, time? I, I, I'm going to have to refuse to answer that because <laughs> until I check with compliance, that may be an NCAA violation. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Sure. So my official answer is no comment. Gotcha. <laughs> Let's talk about the team for a few moments. Can you talk about who you look for for leadership and, and maybe some of the younger players that you have coming up that you're going to look to next year, possibly even beyond? Mm-hmm. Um, this year we're blessed. Of, uh, as as we talked earlier about how a lot of my players have gone on the coaching, those people were almost all captains first. and I'm uh, And I've been blessed this year with, uh, three young men, Ugo Ball Green, Dustin Eshelman, and, and uh, Jose Carrillo, who are my cap- my co-captains. And they are um, all seniors, um, all have uh, in the same kind of vein the potential to be excellent coaches. They know the game and they're learning kind of that strategy. And they provide, they kind of use that, uh, the rest of the team to kind of, in their leadership role, to kind of develop those and they're they're wonderful they know they keep a very positive relationship on the team and and i'm really indebted to them um younger players uh i think i i the two that i would look to kind of step up for next year would be a sophomore out of new jersey um dennis barlotta uh he's an excellent player and he's i think he's growing into being a, a real leader because i think he i see him becoming more confident in his game and in his own place on the team. Uh, surprisingly enough, we have uh, a freshman, a young man named Ido Hansen from Netherlands, who also has those characteristics. He has the potential. He has that that little innate quality that is little more than confidence. He's, uh, he's. I think we'll look for him to step up and be a leader in the next few years. You've taught tennis, Tom, at both the club level as as a local pro. You've also taught at the high school level, college level. Is there much difference between teaching privately at, at a club as opposed to student athletes? Uh, yeah, it's. It, it, I think it's more different than people think. A club pro, you're you're very much involved in refining strokes um, and refining, you know, the technique of those strokes, and that's really what your lessons focus on helping them have a better backhand, better forehand, better serve. And a lot of the players that um, that we recruit all have those those fine techniques. They've all worked with pros for years. What they don't have and what I think we don't teach enough 
um, on the pro on the you know the club level, the teaching pro level is uh, strategy and and the mental side of the game. So almost all the players I recruit from anywhere here in the states or around the world come with with all those technical things pretty well in in place. We might have to fine tune them a little bit, but our job as coaches at the collegiate level is to take their game and develop a, a match strategy that fits their game, uh, a way to emphasize and utilize effectively the strokes that they have, uh, maybe help them think a little bit more about better ways to use those strokes. And almost none of the club pros, and this isn't a criticism, it just isn't in their, in their purview, uh, almost, almost none of the kids come with any mental kind of training. So we find that we have to spend a lot of time every year reinforcing with the returning players and in most cases introducing with the new kids um, how to stay in control and, and get the most out of their game by, by uh, increased focus and things like that. So ironically enough, we found that yoga helps. Um, really? We started doing yoga last year with, with both teams and, and I think it, it, teaches them not only it gets them not only stronger and has helped reduce injuries but it it has helped them learn to focus and and that I think is the, that's the hardest thing I think collegiate players have to learn they've got the strokes it's how to stay in control when the game gets so crazy competitive what is it about tennis that got you hooked on the sport and keeps you coaching competitively uh, well, I, I've always been involved, I think, in competitive athletics. And I'm, if you ask my family, I'm an extremely competitive person. <laughs> but um, uh, I, my, I have two careers kind of in coaching. I coached about 20 years of baseball at, um, from the high school, and the last job was at the University of Buffalo, and then took about 10 years off when we moved up here. And I had always played tennis, uh, but as baseball, you know, sort of went away as a possibility of, because I was getting old, um, tennis I could keep playing. So I'd always played when I was young and up through my 20s. And so I just continued. And I, my wife asked me one day, uh, would I ever go back to coaching when we moved up here? And I said, ah, no, I said, I've, you know, I've run my baseball course. I said, but the only team I'd coach is the women's tennis team at the high school I was at. I said, they're great kids, come from great families, and, it, and I'd love it. And I said, but our tennis coach will never give up the job. You know, God works in mysterious ways, Rick. The next day, the tennis coach came in, uh, said she was taking a couple years off as a maternity leave, and would I mind coaching the team? No so, kidding. Here I am. I walk into it, coached there for two or three years till I retired, um, went out and uh, got an assistant job at Fisher, came to Roberts, the rest is all history. So, But I'll tell you, it's, it's, I, there's just something about there's something about coaching that fits, that gets my needs. I'm very competitive, and I love that. But I'll tell you, having spent my whole life, whether it was at teaching or whether it was coaching around young adults, is what keeps you young. You know, So I think I keep coaching because it's my way of fighting off aging. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Once again, we're talking with Roberts Wesleyan College's tennis coach, Tom Linhart. Because of your experience, I would imagine that you come into contact with a great many of tennis enthusiasts and, and, and possibly even re potential recruits. 
Do you have to do much actual recruiting? And what do you tell them as the reason they should consider Roberts Wesleyan College? Um, I would say other than the about 40% of my time that is spent on the court, a good another 40% of my time is spent just in recruiting. Wow. Um, we spend a great deal of time um, talking with people out to different showcases all, all year. Um, and it's a matter of finding, you know, I tell, I, I often do presentations at showcases about college recruiting. And, you know, the biggest thing is you have to, you know, if you want to play college tennis, there's a school out there for you somewhere. You just have to do your homework and find the right school. Roberts is not a hard school to sell. I mean, it's, it's got, it provides an excellent education. Our tennis program is extremely competitive. Um, we play in a very tough conference, so that, that, and a tough region of the country, so that attracts good players to us. Um, it's a safe school. Um, and I think the, I've, I've taught in, I think, four other colleges or universities, and, uh, you know, the Christian aspect of it, uh, it, it really is uh, makes it a very nurturing place. It's not that all my players come in um, knowing God or having a deep spirituality, but I can tell you that when they leave after four years, they're in a much different place than when they came in. And the fact that Roberts is open to taking somebody where they are and allowing them to grow in this environment uh, is not a hard sell. I, I'm finding more and more players when I go to showcases have uh, that's exactly the environment that they're looking for. As so, you mentioned yeah. in that last answer, you're talking about how they they're growing from the time they come into Roberts from the time they leave. So obviously, your faith plays a role there as a coach. How do you incorporate it into uh, into coaching student athletes? <laughs> well, you know, my my two favorite images of God are the, are the servant leader and the laughing Jesus. So I try to keep those in the back of my mind, you know, but I, I see a lot of parallels between Jesus and his disciples and a coach and a team. Mm. Um, you know, they, they eventually you're going to, as a, as a disciple, Jesus was going to send them out two by two and every match. The first thing I do is send two of my players out to play doubles. I send them out in teams and, um, and like Jesus had to visit disciples, I have high expectations, but I'm also there to kind of support them and try to give them the tools they need so that when they do go out um, on their own, that they have, they're better prepared than when they came in. So I think that's sort of how I incorporate it into coaching. Tom, when in your life did you, did your face start to become real to you? And would you mind sharing some of the circumstances, how, uh, you reached that point where Jesus became a real part of your life? Oh, not a problem. Um, I was a bit of a late bloomer. I had always um, went to Catholic school, but that was because uh, that's where I, my parents put me, never really, you know, and I think that had an effect on me. But I think uh, I went to Canisius College, which was run by Jesuits, and, and I think there was the first time I actually saw um, people modeling Christ in the community out there among the people. And I think that's where, that's where the seeds were planted. Um, as far as, 
as really knowing Jesus. I think it wasn't until my late 20s, and I think a lot of that had to do with uh, my wife and my kids. She's an extremely spiritual person who knows how to integrate her faith into the world, and I just keep following along on her coattails whenever I can. And the result of that has has been, you know, to, to understand, you know, my relationship with Jesus, not only as my Savior, but as, as a real friend. It becomes much more real when you can integrate what you believe in your head into what you see and do every day in your mm-hmm. life. So, Before we let you go, Tom, is there anything we can pray for you about? Uh, yeah, mothers are on my mind lately. My mom passed away a couple weeks ago. She oh, had, sorry. Um, well, she was 90, and last couple years she had had severe Alzheimer's. So mm. um, she's in a much better place. She's back with Dad and all of her relatives. You know, you live to be 90. There aren't many of your friends left. Right. <laughs> and my mother-in-law is um, is in an assisted living. She's healthy now, and I, we're always kind of praying for her. So I guess if you're in summing up, moms have been kind of on my mind this week. All right. Be glad to do that. Tom, thanks so much for being with us, and we wish you the best of success on the remainder of the season. Uh, Thanks so much, Rick. It was good. That's Tom Linhart, coach of the not only the men's, but this spring he took over the women's tennis team at Roberts Wesleyan College. Stick around when we come back. Zach and I are going to tell you what it is that we like this week from the world of sports. I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024 and let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Thanks for being with us. This is the Beyond the Game program. Colossians 3.12 says, So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. If you saw last week's NCAA basketball game between Michigan and Houston, you saw a terrific game with an even better ending. Michigan beat Houston 64-63 on a buzzer-beating three-pointer by Jordan Poole, 
This after, with just 3.6 seconds left in the game, and Houston leading 63-61, Houston senior forward Devin Davis missed two free throws. You can imagine how Houston players must have been feeling after Michigan then came up the floor and hit a three-pointer for the win. It certainly seemed as though just a few seconds earlier, victory for Houston certainly seemed within reach, if not very likely. After the winning bucket, as Houston players stood around stunned and in disbelief, and as Michigan players, of course, were celebrating around them, one Michigan player, Mo Wagner, stopped celebrating for a moment in order to console Houston's Corey Davis Jr. He put his arm around him and offered a few encouraging words. I don't know what he said, but just having the presence of mind to be aware of how someone else was feeling in the midst of his own team's jubilation was inspiring. The compassion and sportsmanship of Michigan's Mo Wagner is what I like this week. What I like this week was an article that I saw about first-year Washington Nationals manager Dave Martinez having his team practice their walk-off celebrations. Martinez said that as a player, his walk-offs were all singles, but that his players this spring have all been celebrating imaginary home runs. In a game where tradition is such a big part of the game and where some people frown on youthful exuberance and celebration. It's fun to see a team do something as silly and fun as practicing their walk-off celebration. So that's what I liked this like week. That. It's like every 12-year-old like kid in their backyard <laughs> just practicing walk-offs. Just doing a wiffle ball bat flip, right? This has been the Beyond the Game program. Thanks so much for being with us today. I'd like to ask you to consider partnering with our team here at Beyond the Game. We bring the gospel to thousands of listeners each week through Sports Talk Radio. This show doesn't happen without the financial support of listeners like you. Please consider making a donation to this radio ministry. If you have a business, consider advertising with Beyond the Game. The Bible says in Isaiah 55:11, So will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. And that's how we feel each week when we go on the air and we talk about the things of God. It will not return void. For more information or to make a donation, visit our website, btgprogram.com. You'll find information about the program, past broadcasts, and information about how you can know Jesus Christ personally and receive the forgiveness of sins. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Be bold and be great.